Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. You want to talk about spotlighting worms on hooks? I'm I'm sorry, what? Oh, uh, I mean, spotlighting and worms on hooks. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Got to use those conjunctions. Uh, Because they have a function? Cue music. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I'm your other host, Senda. And tonight's topic, well, we are back for one more week of grab bags while Phil is in Boston giving a talk and having some lobster, hopefully. Oh my God, so much the lobster. I know, jealous. Anyway, um, so, wow, I don't know what's happening over there. Let's go ahead and jump into our grab bag with a topic about spotlighting. So this first question comes to us from J.T. Evans, who is a patron of the show and fellow gnome, who asked, how do you best share spotlight between the players? What do you do if a single player does their best to steal the spotlight, no matter what the GM does? If you're a player that loves the spotlight, how do you best approach sharing the spotlight? So we're going to break these out into individual questions because each one of these is actually an awesome question. So let's start with, I'll, I'll ask you the first question, sure. um, how do you best share spotlight between the players? So, I mean, I mean, there's multiple techniques and we have talked about some of them before. The one that I find myself using most consistently that I think is the most basic of just like make sure that you're doing this is making sure that you're just moving it around, right? Like, so remembering you don't have to finish out an entire scene, remembering to bring everybody into the scene, remembering to ask everybody what they're doing in the scene. Basically, just keep moving your way around the table always Mm -hmm. right yeah i think that i think that's excellent i will tack on to that that you can as a gm you can always um share a spotlight between players by giving the player uh, giving a player permission to come into a scene like oh yeah so maybe like so maybe somebody's having like heated like maybe it's my mask game somebody's having a heated discussion with their girlfriend and then i'm like by all means uh you know i might look over to one of the other players and be like by all means show up like show up in the next minute or so yeah 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 absolutely like show up in the scene like that like prompting by uh the gm yeah uh is perfectly legit right to bring people in yeah if they're not already in the space to bring them into the space so that they can jump in and start sharing the spotlight. Yeah. I think the other one is you can always do that with a leading question. Yeah. Right. I like you can always be, questions. Yeah. Like, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing that you don't notice Tony coming up from behind you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, what are you so deeply engrossed in that you did not reckon? Do you not realize Tony was coming up from behind you? Like that instantly puts two people in the scene, right. To share a spotlight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. cool, right? So the next part is, what do you do if a single player does their best to steal the spotlight no matter what the GM does? So this is not an in-game problem. Mm. This is a GM to player people problem. Yeah, because there, there are things you can do during the game to try to make sure that that person is sharing the spotlight out. And, and it's it tends to unfortunately be very energy sucking as a GM running for that person because you are constantly having to be like, cool, I'm going to come back to you in a second. Like, hold that thought. Like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to these guys first because they haven't gotten to do anything in a while. Right? Like those games are not actually a ton of fun to run. So nope, they're not. So I think the best thing you can do 
is uh, wait till no one's around. Yeah. And have a very candid discussion uh, with your with the player, right? right? And just and they may not realize what they're doing. They may not realize like, hey, by the way, like you're really like you're inserting yourself into a lot of these scenes, or you're calling attention to yourself and kind of pulling the attention away from people. Yeah. And like, I need to give people equal time. Yep. So I need like you know like let you know like it would be better if I prompted you a little more than you kind of pushing into scenes. Right, and it's I mean it's it. Honestly, it's something that can happen to the best of us, even with the best intentions, right? Like, I've been called out for it. And fortunately, at my game table, it's like, hey, actually, this person has a spotlight right now. And me being like, oh, crap, sorry. Like, I totally did just dive in on that. And I didn't mean to, like, players. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times people get excited. Yeah, Um, I'm very excitable, so... Look, I yeah. just interrupted you even to have a sentence. I just did the thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fine. I sometimes if I have like a really good idea and I'm like I don't want to just push into a scene, like I'll just I, I might bring it up to the player and be like, like, listen, hey, you don't have to use this or not, but what if like what if like I was walking by right. when that happened, right? Because then you empower the player to be like, and if the player has like an idea of where they want the scene to go, they might be like, no, like that's cool, but like I, I kind of have an idea. Right. You're right. And and then they go. And then sometimes they might, you know, go ahead and say it. But if you do have a player who is, despite all your efforts in, in game of trying to keep them from stealing the spotlight, then the best thing to do is have a talk with them outside of the game and, you know, highlight what it is that's going on because they may not notice it. Yep. Right. It could be the case like where you're just, you know, like you are like where you just get energetic and you're, you know, jumping yep. into I get scenes. Very excited. Right. Now, on the on the bad side of it, right? So there's a flip side to this, right? On the bad side of it, this is this is a player who's kind of obsessed about getting the spotlight. Like right. they want the game to be all about them. Right. Um and then so they're doing some negative things to kind of push into that space and that player may not be savable. Right. They might not be salvageable. Like, yeah, I mean be, like after a conversation if it doesn't go away, yeah. Like <laughs> then you probably need to um, make a more permanent solution for that for that player yeah because it really is just very inconsiderate when someone does that to everyone else at the table because you are all there and if you're not aware that you're doing it that's one thing that's one thing and and if somebody calls you out for doing it like accept that and take a breath and sit down and you know be more mindful and if if you can't, you can't do, can't that, do that, that or won't do it, 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 I shouldn't even say can't. If, if you, you won't, won't do that, yeah, that's usually a sign that that player um, is going to be a problem. Yeah, and ultimately, there's only one way to solve that kind of. And a player who doesn't want to change their behavior is a player that is doomed in the game. Yes, if you leave them in the game, the game is doomed. And if you otherwise, you should just take them out and let them doom themselves. Yes. Yep. Agree. Cool. Last question. If uh, you're a player that loves the spotlight, how do you best approach sharing the spotlight? I find this amusing because this question, JT's asking two only children about sharing Sharing the spotlight. spotlight. (laughs) So in in true only child fashion, you get two spotlights. Right. Obviously. (laughs) Right. Like, you don't share the spotlight. Everybody gets their own spotlight. Everybody gets their own. Yeah. Isn't that how it works? Like when you have siblings, did they not just buy you one of everything? (laughs) Like everybody Yeah. I mean, don't you like, doesn't everybody get the same toy so you won't fight about it? Right. Anyway, okay. yeah, yeah, to yeah. be to be serious, let's go back. If yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're a player that loves the spotlight, um, how do you best approach sharing a spotlight? 
Well, okay. So here's the thing, because I, I don't, I might be one of these players. It's like one of those weird, I don't know. But the thing to remember is that the more generous you are with the spotlight when it's yours, the more generous people will be with their spotlight when it's theirs. Right? Yes. So like, be generous. Reciprocity. Yeah, right? like, like this be generous is, yeah, this with is. your spotlight, right? Like bring people in, have scenes with people, give them the opportunity to share it with you, and they will give you the opportunity to share it with them. Yeah, especially if you can show that when you're sharing a spotlight, that you can do it graciously. Yeah. Right? So that you're not using up too much of the spotlight, that you're making sure the other person is included in the in, in the activity and the dialogue, all of that. Yes. Be good at sharing the spotlight. And then, yes, like you said, when you share it, other people will want to share it with you. Because if you are genuinely a good – like if you're a genuinely interesting character yeah. and as a player – you are a good team player when it comes to spotlight. Yes. Then people are going to want you in their scenes because it's going to make their scenes that much better. Right. And it'll be fun for everybody. Absolutely. That's right. a really great, um, that's a great answer. Yeah. I, I want to add nothing else to it. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I want to, I want I to move win. on to the next question. <laughs> I want to move on to the next question because you nailed that, uh, you nailed that uh, final question. Okay. Good. GM Gerrymander, friend of the show. Numerous contributor to topics up there in the Blake Ryan Batman level. Right. Not quite up that high, but pretty high in the Blake the Blake uh, Ryan Batman level. Um, had a comment on a past episode we did. And then I liked the comment enough that there wasn't actually a question, but I decided to tack on one myself. Right. So what Jerry had um, sent us was in the episode on how to be a better player at convention games, the queen mentioned going after the juicy worm on the hook. So really quick refresher, when you're a player in a convention game, don't make the GM work hard to get the story going. Like whatever thing they're dangling. Take um, the hook. Take it. Okay. (laughs) To continue with Jerry's um, uh, comment. But the GM has to remember to put good bait on the hook. I've been in one shots where the hook was vague, difficult to understand, or the bait was either lackluster or not worth the risk. Or even went against the hero's motivations. Yeah, that's that's not a good hook. Then you have to use a good bait. Yes. So... The, what I really wanted us to discuss was what makes a good hook from a bad one and how does presenting a hook differ between one shots and campaigns? Yeah. And you think we're going to do this in like 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. It's fine. Cool. So so l- let's start with making a good hook from a bad one, right? Um, yeah. There are some things that Jerry listed that are clearly bad, like really clearly bad, like don't make a hook that none of your pre-gen characters would want to do. Like, that's a problem. If you're putting down pregens at the table, then every single one of your pregens should have a line in their description about why they would care about your hook. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Like, that's just a, a first off, like, you, you don't even have to change your hook. You just have to make sure that your characters will care as long as the people at the table are playing them the way that you wrote them. Right. So I'm going to tack on to that. Yeah. Which is if you are not using pregens. Yes. Um, that is the then, next part. <laughs> so if you're not using pregens, so let's say you're doing a PBTA with, with playbooks or something, then use leading questions yeah. to make the players say why the hook is important. So yeah. if you were, so by way of, uh, and I know you'll remember this, in Redwater Blues, which is an adventure I wrote for Hydro Hackers, 
there's a community project called Blue Babies, which is providing pure water, blue water to babies, Mm -hmm. newborn babies. And the question that I ask all the players is, why is this project so important to you? I know. And then you get things like the Rainmaker is like, well, this is my newborn baby. Right. I have a baby. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. And and so. Right. And so by asking that question. Like, I made the players tie their characters to the hook because obviously the next thing I do is I go and put the Blue Babies project in danger. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? You're like, here's right. the thing. Why do you care about it? Cool. It's going to get mangled. Now it's in danger. Yeah. Right. I mean, so the, um, the other so, thing that I really like about that particular approach is that it not only makes people tell you exactly why they care, it also forces them to come up with investment in the world by creating the reasons that they care, Right. Yeah, it's a really good technique. That is a really good way to do it, yeah. It's a really good technique. And when worded correctly, so here's here's how you do not word it. Yeah. Do you care about the Blue Babies Project? Yeah, because that's a yes or no answer. Don't do that. Right. Because if if, if your question was, do you care about the Blue Babies Project? And if yes, why? Yeah. Right? Then when someone says no... That's dead in the water. Right. So then you're like, well, why are you here? (laughs) Right. But by making it a leading question, right, about why do you love, you know, like, why, why is this project personal to you? Right. Now we've like just that simple wording change has uh, changed how the answer will come about. Yes. For all the reasons you said. Right. So as soon as like that answer now makes you invest something into into this um, fictional piece. So I think those two techniques are uh, invaluable. There is even a way to combine them. Like you can make pregens and still ask that question. Still ask them, yeah. Yeah. I love asking Um, players to tell me reasons why they're going to take the... Because what you do is you're like, here's a hook. Will you please put a giant juicy worm on this for me? And they go, absolutely. Here is a giant juicy worm. And then I go, oh, cool. Oh, no, it's a hook. There's a barb on the end. Will you please now eat the giant juicy worm that you put on it for me? Yeah, I I wholeheartedly (laughs) agree. That leading question, which you can do within minutes of starting your game, can uh, help frame all of that in. I want to touch on a couple of the other ones that Jerry um, mentioned on the bad side, because the good hook is basically just don't do these. Yeah, yeah, right. right. I mean, Um, that is a lot of it. Right, so difficult to understand, right? <laughs> Hooks should be clear. Very clear. If if a player can't repeat to you what they're supposed to do in this session, yeah, you, and we'll talk about this especially when we get to one shots. You, you didn't. But you didn't do the thing. You didn't get it right. Like you didn't. <laughs> like it. Like for instance, like if Lord of the Rings was like, well, like we got the ring, and I think we're supposed to go east, but. And then I think there's a place like like if that's how the players describe to you the hook, yeah. like they didn't get it. Uh, not a bit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> not, if, they're, not... if they're like, well, there's like, I don't know, I think we're supposed to go east, but like there's this like, you know, fortress city thing. Maybe we should like just take it there. Doesn't that seem better than right. like dragging it into enemy territory? I, I don't right. I don't know. Like, like at that right, so like at that point, like they don't got it, right? Yeah, so, I didn't get it. <laughs> so you need to make sure your hook is crystal clear, like no cryptic messages, no weird, no weird vision. Like don't do visions. Don't just you know the moment where I tell you not to be clever as a GM. Yes, this right? is that moment. Don't do visions, <laughs> like because you're gonna be like, oh, no one could get this vision wrong. Narrator voice. 
They're going to get it wrong. <laughs> okay. So definitely don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Lackluster or not worth the risk. Okay. Worth the risk is actually a really good one. Players players try, like players try to get into their character, right? Like they start to think to themselves, like, okay, what would my character do, etc. Mm-hmm. We want And if to, you're like generally. if you're like, well, we have to go rescue the princess from inside the red dragon's mouth. Right. Right? Like they're gonna be like Well <laughs> like, Well, okay, okay, okay. But so there's there's a here's a thing, right? To make wait, I'll it, wait, I'll up it, right? Like right, okay. you have to go rescue the princess inside her hut that's been swallowed by the Tarasque. Okay. But but still, 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 right? Here's the worth the risk part. Like that's a huge risk. So yes. the reason that you're doing it has to be equally huge right if the princess has been swallowed by the tarasque and the king is like i'll give you 10 gold pieces you're not not gonna really it really is not worth the risk if the king is like look she's been swallowed by the tarasque and she's the only person who can stop this giant hole in reality that just opened up behind me like that's a different level right like that is appropriate stakes for that risk i am uh want to think of uh star wars yeah Right? Where Luke has to get Han to go help rescue the princess. Right. Right? She's rich. Right. Yeah. How rich? How rich? More than you can imagine. I can imagine a lot. I can imagine a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? So, but right, like, that's the hook. Right? I mean, that literally is the hook, right? Yeah. Luke is like, you know, Luke is giving, like, like because Han is doing the, it's not worth the risk. Right? Han's right. like... No, no, we should just hide over here until we can get, until the old man turns off the tractor beam and get the yeah, hell out of here. Yeah, we're getting out because this is like terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Terrifying, right? Like, why would we do this? Yes. Right? But yeah. So there, okay. there has to be, there has to be a, a, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to make the risk less necessarily. It just means that you have to make what they get out of the situation has More. to be worth it for the risk, yep. right? Absolutely. All right. Um, really quick, what's the difference between presenting a hook for a one shot in a campaign? I don't know. I mean, in a one shot, it should be like, I mean, we just, we did talk about hooks being clear and concise and straightforward, right? But right. like, that is like, if it's possible for it to be more true in a one shot, it's more true. I, I think within the first three minutes, if yeah, you have not delivered the hook in a one shot, yeah. you are, I don't know what's you're going doing on with it, you. Yeah. You're doing it wrong, right? right? Like, if you know one shot that hook should be like you, that hook should be the first thing that you talk about right and i mean i i mean we were talking about me here and sometimes i run strangely lengthed games right like when i started running lasers and feelings and i ran it in an hour for laser and aubrey right uh yes. and like the 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 first thing that happened was like you're in media res start and that's the hook like so we yeah. got what like 10 seconds into the game like because you three, have to. three minutes Right, three minutes tops. Right, in a one shot, you have you to be know a... what you're doing quickly, right, so you can start taking action. Now, in a campaign, throw that right out the window. In a campaign, if you don't want to get to the hook till halfway through your session that evening, and you want to do all character exposition like all up front or whatever, have at it. Have a good time. Right, you got plenty of time. You do not. Yeah. You do not like campaign. Always got time on your side. Let it happen organically, but not in a one shot. No, in a one shot, man, jam that shiny, like polish it. It's clear, it's obvious, it's right in your face, and in the first three minutes, it's been covered. Right, and I also like to make make them in one shots. I like to make them unavoidable, 
which yes. means like in a one shot, my I, I don't usually have the messenger come running up and say, oh, please help us. Nope. And no, 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 no. This is the sound of the alien creature splatting against the windscreen of your spaceship. That doesn't really make sense, but I've never quite figured out what to call it, right? The, the, the viewport, right? Like this is the sound of that alien creature splatting up against it and then starting to seep through. What do you do? Yeah, like, you, yeah, I, you, I you agree. can try like, to avoid that a... hook, but like it's gonna things will happen whether you take it or not at that point. Yeah, and if we want to tie it back to our um, uh, thing about uh, leading questions, so when the giant bug thing slams into the viewport, like what were you doing right before the giant bug thing slammed into the viewport? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like there you go. Done. Like done, and you are off and running. Yeah. Then yeah. you know here we go. Ah. Cool. Uh, so after you have taken the hook, then you are off and running on your game. And by the look of the clock, we also need to be off and running yeah. as well. And Senda, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah. On Zhang Hu Hustle, you can train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz. Eric and Eli make their kung fu stronger by watching wuxia films, then discovering how to apply their observations to game design. Cool. Say, Zenda, where can people reach us on the internet? <laughs> well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pandas Talk Games. You can almost find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, community forums. Keep your eyeballs open. and you're... Under construction with like blinking text right? and a couple of yeah, like, there's, like, shovels and stuff. Yeah, there's like and sparkles. It's great. Yeah. So many animated GIFs. Good. Uh, but it's coming. It's coming. Or you can send us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Please send us your topics. Listen, we just we don't even do this show on our own topics. Like We just use the stuff that you give Except us. So that um, you totally did that tonight, you liar. No, I used the thing from Jerry. I mean, it was the thing. I just, I just <laughs> added a discussion point to it, but it was Jerry who gave me the topic. Okay, that's fair. Carry on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look, what I'm saying about the topic thing is like, don't worry too much about is it going to be a viable show topic? I'll get it there. I just need a little inspiration. And I'm counting on all of you to bring that inspiration by giving us topics that we can work with. Ask us questions about game mastering, game design, being good players, ditch Lily trivia, or just, you know, I don't know, being being humans. Like we're, we're humans. We, we know human stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, we are definitely humans who know human things. Yeah. Human holidays, human music. Human yeah. music, yeah. Definitely yeah. not pandas here. No, definitely humans. Yeah. If you like what we do here, elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get all sorts of good things like the bonus outtakes from this show, uh, which includes all of the uh, secret panty shows right. uh, on the network. Uh, <laughs> As well as the um, as well as the after show on Misdirected Mark, which is getting about as greasy as our panty shows. Um, Sometimes we um, we also like to shout out to our patrons. We have uh, three such shout outs to do tonight. Take them away, Senda. Absolutely. The first is Rob Abrazado, the Gauntlet of the Queen. Boy, is he! I feel like he has to give up that title. I feel now. like, like he should stop putting money into the Patreon because we should be paying him. Just right? saying, like, <laughs> haven't quite sorted out the financials there. Anyway, congrats, Rob. Still really happy to have you on board. Mataush, thank you so much. And Tim Okaye, yeah. thank you so much. 
Say, Senator, what's the other thing people can do if they're already supporting the Patreon or unable to support the Patreon campaign that uh, makes us giddy like pandas with way too much bamboo and a hill hill. to roll down? Yes, but although we ourselves are completely and most certainly humans, as Uh, we have previously stated. (laughs) Well, you can leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does help other humans find the show. So we super duper appreciate it. And it gives us all sorts of good, warm, happy, fuzzy, panda-esque, even though we're human, artistic validation feelings. So we really, 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 really like them. If you leave them somewhere that's not the U.S. iTunes store, like you should probably tell us because... We probably haven't seen it, and they make me really happy. So just tell me about it, and thank you so much. Yes, good. Thank you indeed. Say, Senda, show me how you're going to keep the spotlight moving during your next action scene. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. I have I have <laughs> click off. Click off. Have we never used that joke before? I don't know if we have because have we got a hundred and fifty one. Click off. Seriously, we got 150 episodes and not used click off before? <laughs> Somebody needs to tell us. Right? Somebody's like binged the whole... Where Gator will know. Right. Right. Somebody else was doing it recently. Who was it? Uh, oh, that's right. Tony. Somebody else. Not the Rainmaker. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. Different Tony. Oof. Yeah. I'm always... When yeah, somebody's like, us. oh, I'm, I'm binging all your episodes. I'm like, wow, you are like that. I love you. Very, like, very committed. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, yeah, there's some wacky, and then and then people binge our bonus episodes. I mean, I get room. that; those are ridiculously <laughs> funny. Although, what's weird is if you haven't listened to the episodes, binging the bonus outtakes makes like, make sense. They don't make yeah. sense to what's going on. But I guess whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, you, listen, your editing is is pretty deaf. Like, if like your <laughs> well, thank your editing is such that even if you don't listen to the whole episode, listening to the outtakes are still funny because you manage to still crystallize most of the like the like enough background to make it work. I like to think I'm reasonably okay at it. I I think it's awesome. Like we have now this 15 minute show that I had to make for the Ennies, right? That I'm like, I feel like I just now have this like promo clip thing that I'm like, I just want to splash it everywhere because I'm, I think it came out really well, but I'm like, what, what do I, what do I think it, it came out really like, well too, right? Like, I think it totally came out well, like it's sharp. Bloop. Although our actual promo clip is you being like, we're going to do this in one take with no fuck ups and me being like, fuck. <laughs> and you being like with one fuck up and then I'm just like dying. And then you're like with all the yeah, I remember fuck ups. that night. That night was really funny. <laughs> you were very ridiculous. It was seven takes. Senda. Seven takes. Send <laughs> But not as good as the beefness night. So the beefness. The beefness is easily the funniest moment we've ever seen. I think it is probably the funniest <laughs> moment I've ever had on the mics. It was classic. I, I, I honestly thought, I honestly, in, in my heart of hearts, thought we were not going to get the episode done. 
it was the point at which I was dying because beefness and steaks. And then I was like, whatever, Phil will carry us through. And then, and then I lost it. And then you just totally lost it. It was amazing. It was a beautiful moment. I'm so glad that it has been recorded for posterity because I will never accomplish making you lose it in the middle of a line again. I, you that was it. It, it it was it was actually so i mean the funny part is because i this is the things people don't know right so that was just us ad-libbing and it's the moment where you <laughs> made up some ridiculous word and i just called you out on it <laughs> well i make up ridiculous words all the right. time and so like, and so when they're ridiculous enough i call you out on them and then in that case like you were just like oh the beefness and then you were ready to move on i was like uh, i'm sorry can you go back to the word beefness please <laughs> Yeah, and thus launched the funniest night of our show. I know, it was sort of a disaster because also it happened to be the night of stakes. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's that was what ended it. it. Horribly, that's what en- Had we been doing any other show that night, I think we would have right. laughed, would have recovered, been and been fine. But like... Yes, but stakes. Every... The word stakes was in the thing like 37 times. Like it was a minefield. <laughs> Okay. This panda reflection has been brought to you by. (laughs) So this episode, we have to remember to do the end call out blurby thing with panties in. Yes. Never forget your panties. Never forget your panties. The misdirected Mark Panty Network. No, MMP MMP stands for misdirected Mark Panties. (laughs) Do you think Rob will agree? Like, (laughs) I don't have to get it past Chris anymore. I just have to get it past Rob. <laughs> uh, misdirected Marvel panties. Then we just then then we replace uh, we replace Rob's uh, bandana with just a oh, with just panties. Just and then it's very it's very Doug, isn't it? At that point, I mean, at that point, we're just like we've like like maybe like maybe all right. What day is International Panties Day? Wait, there's an international. There's an international day. everything day. I'm just googling. What are you it. supposed to do on International Panties Day? Well, okay, let me be clear. There's not an international <laughs> panties day. There is an international uh-huh. no panties day. <laughs> but that kind of runs counter to I think what we're trying to do here. <laughs> yeah, when you have a panty network, you, it's all about the panties. Yeah, June 22nd, I think, is International No Panties Day, according to Google. I'm a little bit worried about what happens with that information, so maybe we should move right along. I mean, I'm tucking away for a rainy day. I love how when I say things like that, you just shake your head. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, we should start the show before we create things we can't use. (laughs) Delete, delete, delete. Wait, break out the eraser. Oh, the things that no one will ever hear. Live in the Davy Jones locker of in your recycling bin. Boink. Clunk. Hits it hits the bottom, there's the clink of glass, and the lid slams shut on top of it. Bloop. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Meow. Meow. Bloop. Conjunction junction. What's, What's your function? function? You Hooking up phrases and nouns and clauses. I think it's nouns. Hooking up phrases and nah, that sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, it's been a while. I was a little kid. Yeah, and I was I was really high on sugary cereal back then. <laughs> <laughs>
That was like when that was like when like Fruit you were Loops start were start the show. I am starting the show. That's like when Fruit Loops Liar. were like a legitimate breakfast. I know, but you just, I got all quiet so you could start the show, and then you started talking I was, about Fruit Loops. I was eating. I was eating like all of Andy's cereals for breakfast. As a kid. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna rehab the discussion about breakfast versus dessert. And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host, Captain Crunch. Nope. <laughs> Why are you your host, Honey Bunches of Oats? Like, what? Is that what you used to eat as a kid? That's so sad. No, I don't remember what I ate as a kid. Cheerios? Rice Krispies? Like, bloop. See, see we should move on. See, do it right. <laughs> and welcome to Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Toucan Sam. No! I only got those on vacation. Then I would beg and beg and beg and beg and beg. I'm your host, the leprechaun, because they're magically delicious. I would beg and beg and beg and get those little boxes of like the individual serving size ones. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, like the insane little... bars. My, my grandmother would buy them for me. My parents would not buy them for me. Well, that's what a grandmother's for. I know, exactly. A, a, grandmother's, a grandmother is supposed to specifically buy you ridiculous Yeah, she always like put that. Mars, the, the, the ice cream Milky Way bars were always in her freezer, too. When oh, she that's very nice for that. That's, that's a good grandma. Okay, we should really Ready? start this actual show. Yeah. Bloop. How do you best spotlight misdirected Mark word scramble? So Senda, tell me about another show on the misdirected Mark network, and don't say the word panties. <laughs> Not till the outtakes. <laughs> How am I going to cut that bit up? Can you just say that again without the panty part? <laughs> Train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz in... Panty Hustle. Panty Hustle. <laughs> Eric, Eric and Eli Eric. make their kung fu stronger by watching panty films. <laughs> then discussing how they apply their observations to game design. Uh-huh. Feel like watching panty films now they're now they're designing hentai games with tentacles just saying there we go <laughs> closing time closing time. time every new beginning comes from some other beginnings and Bloop. say senda where do people reach us on the internet and for god's sake <laughs> no, you can't keep adding bits to the end of the things can i say senda Bloop. a koye i think it's a koye Okay. Okay. Well, tomato, tomato. Sorry, Tim. I think so. I've heard Chris say it. Sorry, Tim. You're you're awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) What was that look? What what was the look that went with it? That's the show me what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Just to be clear, all my scenes are action scenes. Rising big bad action. Rising big bad action. I need that as a t-shirt. I know, right? We should make that. We should, I should, wow, things that I should put on the MMP list. It'll say, it'll say, it'll say, come for the climax. Stay for the the (laughs) denouement. Oh my God, that's actually really, really good. I kind of want to write it down. Good thing we recorded it. I'll remember it later when I'm editing. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, oh, I gosh. love it. Just a big free tog pyramid, <laughs> rising big action. bad action on the top, and then 
Stay for the climax. Stay for no, the climax. Come, oh, for, the come climax. for the climax. Way better. Come, come for the climax. Come for the climax. Stay for, Stay the, for the denouement. Nailed oh it. Let's get gosh. out of here right now. Run. Run for the hills. That's the best we're going to do tonight. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Come for the climax.